Okay. TMG podcast for September 21st in three, two. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the TMG podcast, where every week we uh, we take a fun look at college football, and we are, uh, well, I guess we're in week three, uh, and the SEC cranks up this weekend, and we are back with our August panel. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Let's take a quick call of the roll, make sure everybody's here from lovely Situate Mass. We have the Jersey guy, Mark Blauschen. How are you, Mr. Blauschen? I'm good. You ready for SEC football this week, buddy? That's right. The season actually starts. It's great. Uh, from the lovely Chicago area, we have Mr. Herb Gould. Mr. Gould, how are you today? I'm ready, and, and I like Blau. I'm rooting for Missouri to have a quorum so they can play Alabama. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the pride of Rutgers University, our man in that part of the world, Mr. Tom Lucci. Mr. Lucci, how are you, sir? Doing well, Tony. Is it unprofessional if I start an SEC chance? Not at all. Okay. Not, well, not at all. Real football, that's why. We're, that's right. We're going to see some real football finally. Well, let's, let, But let's start here. Before we get into the SEC, we're going to do that the second topic. But I want, to, I want the uh, roundtable to sort of give me a feeling of the uh, – when we were here a week ago, we, we felt like the, the, the big team was going to be back. Now they are indeed back. So Herb Gould, what's the uh, what's the prognosis, and what, what was your entire take on this thing? Because basically they're going to start on October twenty third, twenty four. They're going to try to play nine games and nine consecutive weeks. Uh, what was your overall take on the decision by the Big Ten? Well, I'm glad they got back on board. You know, they they, they it's unfortunate that once they had made the mistake to cancel too early that they didn't get their act together sooner. But, you know, that said, there were voices that thought that it wasn't safe to play until they had these new protocols for testing. I'm glad they're back. Uh, it's going to be tough to play eight in a row. Uh, and then we'll just have to see how that goes. Uh, but I, I, they, they made the right call to get back because there was going to be a real lingering bad taste if they didn't try and do something. Mark, Mark Blaschen, Tell me your instincts of what the Big Ten did. Was it was it right for them to come back? Did they really have any choice but to come back when all was said and done? Well, they they put the, they put the presidents in, in a box, which they wriggled out of by by saying uh, new medical procedures have been found, which is the only evidence uh, they have without looking completely foolish of being you know changing their mind from one one week to another. And I I think it was like Herb says. I mean, it's give it a shot, and then then you know. If it works, if it works, it's fine. If it doesn't work, at least they tried. I mean, I think I think the biggest the biggest crime or, or the biggest uh, criticism was that they didn't even try. They, they should have done way too early. Now, if now if they, they can't make it this time, they, they I don't think anyone will be on their case too much. Mr. Lucci was. How does Rutgers feel about all this? Because there was some talk that Rutgers was a school that yeah. Wasn't real excited about playing. What is your sense of what's going on at Rutgers? Well, I, I think now that it's actually a reality, I think there's a, a lot more uh, eager to embrace this. Uh, I think there was some skepticism, you know, because Rutgers was hit hard um, by some positive tests. So uh, there was some concern there. And, you know, I, I try to 
I try to explain to, to people that Rutgers is a, is a different kind of school. It's almost like the Cal of the East Coast. It's, I, I mean, you have an academic side fighting with an athletic side, and the academic side is is saying no football. This is ridiculous. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, there's been a lot of people who come out against this decision on the academic side. But listen, I'm glad they're back. Uh, I'm skeptical about them making it through a whole season. I'm talking about the entire Big Ten with eight breaks, and I am delighted that Nebraska opens at Ohio State. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that transitions into something I wanted to ask you anyway in your in your Monday wrap up column. Oh, by the way, folks, you got to read all the stuff that this gang puts on TMG College Sports. Is si.com/tmg si.com slash TNG. And uh, Mr. Lucci had his uh, his Monday morning wrap up and he suggested, well, no, he didn't suggest it. He actually came out and said it, that Nebraska is whining just a bit. Yeah. Are they, they whining just a bit there? Tom? They wanted football. You know, they threatened to go rogue. They have football. Now they're upset about the schedule. And as I pointed out, uh, you know, this is big boy football. I don't know what they're expecting. They they want to play Rutgers in Illinois every week. I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, it's it's not the Big Ten's fault that Nebraska's had three straight losing seasons, that they aren't what they used to be. It really isn't. And if you look in the ACC, Tony, as I pointed out, Wake Forest opened Clemson at NC State, Notre Dame. Yep. You, know, you don't you don't hear any any whining from Winston-Salem. You know, so go play football. Let's see what you can do. Well, first of all, there's no whining. There's no whining from Winston Salem. Just like there's no crying in baseball. You just can't do it. So, well, can I just give you the? the, You know, I don't necessarily disagree with all of that, Tom. But because yes, they should just suck it up and play. But the Big Ten didn't do anybody any favors by giving them. The Big Ten has a long history of lazy schedule making. I don't think this was a conspiracy. I can remember way back in the day when John Cooper threw up his hands and said, "Why do we have to go Ann Arbor two years in a row?" Uh, you know, I think it's just lazy schedule making. You give them Ohio State or Penn State. You don't give them both. You know, if any any team in that league would be upset if they got the two big boys from the crossover division. Same as you don't give the Eastern teams, Iowa and Wisconsin, although that's less of a deal. But, you know, why antagonize Nebraska? I I think it was kind of just lazy and and probably an oversight, not a conspiracy, but needless. You don't think it was a little zinger? Oh, well, it might. come on, Herb. They absolutely <laughs> nail them to the wall. Come on. Come on. Well, maybe, maybe they did, but if they did, then that's even worse in my mind because they're sort of the new kid on the block. And you're not, you know, they're trying to promote Nebraska's brand. That's why they brought them into the league. <laughs> it, it really didn't, you know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a petty kind of a thing. Yeah. And it, it, ultimately, <laughs> it won't matter. It won't matter because Nebraska, as, as Tom pointed out, they're not that good. They're going to play, you know, they're going to play Wisconsin in week two. And they're going to be 0-2 before they start. Whether you give them Rutgers or Penn State down the road, it's not going to change their life. They're going to get clobbered by Minnesota and Iowa. Just don't pile on. You know, give them a break. Well, guys, here's the the reality. And, Mark, I'll get you to respond to this. The reality is is that 9-0 Ohio State will be in the college football playoff. 8-1 Ohio State will probably be if if they win the conference. 
will probably in, be in the college football playoff. Am I correct, Mr. Oh, Blashen? Oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's, that's, a, that's pretty much a given, right? unless, unless it's a 20-point loss to the Rutgers or something like that. But yeah, Not I, that I, that I, would I, ever happen, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that would happen. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty much, pretty much uh, you know, I don't want to say guarantee, but pretty much uh, uh, headed in that direction. I think we can afford one loss. I mean, as long as it's the Big Ten champion. Right. Well, that and that sort of transitions into something I was going to bring up during the course of the day anyway, and it, and it was this. Remember last week we talked about the group of five and the fact that maybe, just maybe, if one of those group of five teams, like a UCF, like a Cincinnati, <clears throat> somebody like that could go undefeated, maybe this is in the year they get some love. Then the Big Ten decided that they're going to be in, and now it doesn't look so positive. So, one, UCF had a nice win over the weekend. Looked very impressive at Georgia Tech. Here's the question that I have. Is, is If UCF could go 12-0, 13-0, or Cincinnati or one of those teams, the fact that the Big 12 is apparently not very good, does this open up the door for them a little bit? In other words, here, here's the question, Mark Blashen. Is the AAC, Michael Resco's league, do you, do right now, do they look like they're better than the Big 12? Uh, I, I don't think they're better. No, no, not the bottom. I think the top, I think the top tier teams, the Cincinnati and UCF, are as good as anybody in the, in the, in the Big 12. I, I think or someone can play with them. Now, the, the, the fact is that but I think if, if, if Texas or Oklahoma loses the game, which I think is, you know, more than likely, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say uh, guaranteed, but I, I don't think a one-loss Big 12 champion uh, can can it will will get a bid over an undefeated Cincinnati or UCF. I think I think that'll happen. But other than that, I don't know what's going to happen. That's to me. That's the that's the key question. Could can I weigh in, Tony? Could, can I weigh please, in? Please, please do. It's not. It, it, you know, we talk about this list. It's not going to matter. The, the Big Ten champs go, and Clemson's going, and two from the SEC are going. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. You know, it's nice to talk about all this stuff and and the American and. You know, it's a nice conference, like Mark said, that probably the top three are quality teams. But uh, that, the reality is, this is what we're going to see at the end of the year. I'm sorry that it's, you know, that that's the way the system is, but that's the way it is. You know, so, I, you know I don't see any difference. I don't see any wavering from it. I, I agree with Tom. I, you know, I, I just think this system is, it, it, it's set up for the bigger conferences. I mean, yeah. Right. We, we talk a lot about majority rule in America, but you have to remember, you can win the presidency when you when the other guy gets four million more votes. You know, we, we, we're talking about a scenario where I think Oklahoma, a one loss Oklahoma, you know, depending on, on exactly how it breaks, a one loss Oklahoma trumps a, an unbeaten UCF. Because that's the way the system's designed. I mean, what we need to do probably is we need to think harder about, you know, an eight-teamer if you want to get rid of the in- inequity. Agreed 100%, Herb. Well, it, 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 to me, it's going to be fascinating, particularly uh, if one of those AAC teams goes undefeated and in a shortened schedule and uh, they don't get in and, and two teams from the SEC do get in. That, that's exactly what has happened in the past. So that I can't, can't argue with it, but it'll be a fun, it'll be fun point. Uh, Mr. Blauschen, I hate to be the one to bring this up to you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. Is Miami for real? <laughs> 
are they are, are they just te- are they teasing us again, Blau? Are they just are they just showing us just enough? Miami has been good, just good enough to break your heart. Is that what they're going to do to us again? Uh, I, I defer to Mr. Lucci, who did an excellent job of answering the question uh, uh, yesterday. But but having going looking at it, I think they have a chance to be good. I I think there are signs there that I see on offense with King quarterback and running back and a defense and a, and, and a lead and, and a, a one a one division lead here. It makes it a little bit tougher because it, the irony of it is if it was, it was strictly a two division league, I would put Miami as, as a very strong favorite to win the ACC Coastal. But now they got to be with Notre Dame and Clemson uh, at the, the top two spots in the, in the, in the, in the league. And so they might, they might, they might indeed finish, you know, with one loss and then and, and not even make it. That's the problem. But I, I think they're heading in the right direction from what I saw. Uh, the first game against UFB was okay. Uh, Saturday night was what that, that drew a lot of attention. They played pretty well on Saturday. And and, and I think I think next Saturday is going to be ugly because they're playing Florida State. And Miami, mean, that's going to be an ugly game because Florida State is really a bad team. So, so and Miami's going to try and that could be that could be like a a, a, a blow up Miami, which will further in, you know uh, enhance the flames of Miami. Well, gentlemen, here here is the Miami schedule right here. They play Florida State at home. Oh, by the way, College Game Day is going to that game twice in a row. How about that? Three weeks How about that? College Game Day in Miami. College in the Saturday against Florida State. Week off, October ten at Clemson. Right. So whoops. So we're so we're going to find out. But no Notre Dame, Tony. No Notre Dame, right? No Notre Dame. Pittsburgh. No Notre Dame. Virginia. At NC State, at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and December fifth, North Carolina, at hey, home. Hey, tell Mr. Blasi we save room for him on the bandwagon, on the Miami bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> but we will welcome him with open arms. <laughs> okay. Well, here's here's the thing that strikes me about my, my, why I think Miami could be different this year, and it's this. Uh, we know we all knew about Derek King coming in from Houston. He was going to be one of the obviously the missing pieces to the puzzle. But one of the things Manny Diaz did, he brings in Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley is a former offensive coordinator at Auburn under Gus, has been around, uh, been in Connecticut, uh, was working at SMU. The guy knows how to take a quarterback and make him the centerpiece of the offense. And just watching Derek King. He just seems to have a, a better presence uh, than than they've had at that position. So I I don't see them winning at Clemson uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But the rest of that schedule that I gave you, they're capable of winning every one of those games. They got North Carolina at home, which is a good matchup. So the, I, I could absolutely see them being nine and one. And what, the, what Derek, Derek King brings is, is just consistency and a calmness about him and experience. That's the difference. Yeah. They haven't had that consistency at quarterback. I mean, they, their quarterbacks have been all over the map. You know, that, that's that's the main thing. Now they finally have somebody who can settle them down, who has experience. And, and to be honest with you, Tony, I don't think we've seen the best of Derek King yet. You know, he hasn't had really two wow games. He's had two good games. But you can see. You know, like like you talked about the presence that he brings to that offense. Well, uh, it's going to be Saturday. One other note about that game on Saturday: uh, Florida State at Miami. Mike Norvell, the head football coach at Florida State, will not be there. 
tested positive for the coronavirus over the weekend. He's now in a quarantine coaching via Zoom. So we the coach the head we've had our first head coaching um, uh, impact here. So that will be that will be interesting. All right. Let's get to let's get to the SEC. A lot of good, interesting storylines for the first week. First, first of all, I want to ask you this: uh, When all is said and done, September twenty-sixth is Saturday. The SEC is the team that decided to wait among the those who did play. Uh, decided to wait until September twenty-sixth. Uh, Mark Lashen, what was your overall take? Yeah, and you've written you have written this on TMG College Sports. Your overall take of how Greg Sankey and the SEC handled this unique situation. Smartest guys in the room, as usual. I mean, they they had it right. I mean, from the start, they waited as long as they could to start the season, and they avoided a lot of the, the hysteria and the postponements and and, and the other nonsense that, that came out of the COVID stuff. They they probably still have to deal with it. I'm sure they will uh, in the in the coming weeks. But at least they'll, they'll start fresh, and and they gave themselves the best chance to. to Start a season and end the season in a normal fashion without any of the drama. So I, I, I give them a, a across the board on making that move. All right, let's we, we will we will see what happens. Some storylines I wanted to run around the table here uh, with the first games. We talked about this earlier in the season. The state of Mississippi is going to be must see TV all year with Mike Leach, at Mississippi State, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. I want to start here. Uh, Mr. Lucci, you've been good in, in the past about numbers and what they mean. So I will give you this first. Mississippi State and Mike Leach at LSU, the defending national champions. What is the over and under on how many passes Mississippi State will throw in this game? <laughs> um Mississippi State will throw the over under I will set at 54. 54. I like it. Everybody, you, you guys, you guys help me remember that next week. I will be, I will be looking uh, at that. It, you know, it's, it, it's interesting that he, he gets KJ Costello to come in from Stanford a bit. I, until I looked it up yesterday, I didn't realize how big this guy is. Obviously put great numbers there. And it's in an offense that fits him perfectly. Uh, Mark Blaschen, I'll ask you this. You, you've covered Mike Leach. We've all covered Mike Leach. Is Mike Leach a fit at Mississippi State? Oh, sure he is because, because uh, there's, there's, no, there's no pattern in Mississippi State. They've gone from Jackie Sherrill to, no, to, to uh, you know, everybody imaginable. So, so, so uh, I just think that his style – and, and, and they'll accept anything in Mississippi State. Anything that works, anything that wins, you know, they'll, they'll accept. I mean, uh, so so let, let's let's see what happens. 54 passes, though, Luch. That's a lot of passes. I, mean, did, I don't I'm like sure if LSU's defense is that bad, but we'll see. Did you see how many Garden Minshew uh, Mitch had last year? It had to be in the 60s. I know. Right? I know. <laughs> well, I mean, the, he's not afraid to throw the ball. Well, the great thing about Leach is – he can be up twenty or down twenty. He is going to keep slinging. It's it's He's amazing. Gardner Minshew. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just you're right. Uh, we'll say. I, I think that's a it's a fair number. But uh, you know, can I disagree just with a small point with with Blau and respectfully? I just don't know how eager they're going to embrace this. You know, um, this offense, all offense, no defense, 
at Mississippi State because I think they have a pretty strong tradition of being a good defensive team for the years. Well, a little plan on offense State? generally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, that's my that's my you know interpretation of what they've been over the years. But I think they've been more defense oriented. I, let's see if they adjust to that. The fans. I mean, like you say, winning uh, cures everything. But I'm not sure that people are going to go wild losing games. Uh, you know, sixty to thirty when you throw fifty four passes. I'm not sure that's going to sit well. Well, are you, are you say, are you saying, Mr. Lucci? Are you saying that is not real football to throw it that many times a game? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm saying it runs its course at every school he's been at, you know, which is why he keeps moving along. That's number one, and and he gets them to a certain level, but then things seem to to level off a little bit. It happened at uh, Texas Tech. It happened at Washington State. I have no. I, I mean, he could make a quick impact, but in the long term, he's not a long term answer. And this is an offensive game now. We all know that. But that's uh, well beyond what's going on, you know, in the offensive game. So we'll see. I, I'm a little skeptical. I think the initial impact will be positive. Uh, I think three years down the road, it's going to be people are going to be wanting, wanting him on the first plus set of town. Well, well, yeah. It, and, you know, that's also Mississippi State. That's a pretty darn tough When You look at the division they're in. I don't know who would win there, you know, on any consistent basis. But Mike Leach, the key is whether they like his tap dance and, you know, straw hat and cane routine. Uh, and I think that that will play well there for a little while because he is entertaining. You know, he'll get out the pirate patch and, you know, that'll fly for a little while. And then they'll get tired of losing. But they would do that with anybody. Well, I, told some, I told some of my buddies that work in that part of the world, I said, when you do this press conference, understand I said, get somebody to ask a completely unrelated to football <laughs> question at every press conference and just see where it goes. Okay. Last year he did one where a guy, one of the, one of the guys, one of the sports writers was getting married and he, during the court press conference, he uh, asked coach Leach for some advice on what he should do as the groom while wedding preparations were being planned. And he went off on like a 15 minute dissertation about why you should do absolutely everything that your fiance says and your future mother-in-law says, because to other, otherwise is to risk life and limb. So just do, what they, just do what they tell you to do. So, and, and they don't really, they re, they don't really care what you think. Okay. So, so don't worry about that. So. Sure. Well, Tony, one other thing, I mean, can you, can you imagine a cultural difference for the quarterback at Mississippi to go and towel out to the Starkville? Just a little bit. Culture? Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Different. So he is there for the offense. I don't think it's any good. Yeah, no, you, it, it, that's what he's there for. And like I say, the immediate impact will be there, but, uh, he good luck. Good luck making inroads against Alabama, Auburn, LSU, even Texas A&M. He yeah, goes. Right. He goes all in. You know when Illinois yes. hired Tim. When Illinois hired Tim Beckman, I got a tip from somebody who was real close to him that he would have loved the Illinois job. And I knew there was no way Illinois was going to hire Mike Leach. But I ran that one <laughs> off the flagpole real fast before anybody could put the kibosh on it. Because he would have been a riot to be around. I mean, you guys have probably been around him more than I have on a, on a you know up close basis. But but I, he would be very fun for a while, and then he wouldn't be. Well, elsewhere in the state of Mississippi, uh, Florida, the Florida Gators go to Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's first game 
as the head coach at Ole Miss. He's got some quarterbacking decisions to make. But you guys saw what Lane did at Alabama. Uh, for uh, you, you saw what he can do. The question, he's got a couple of quarterbacks to work with. John Rice Plumley is a runner. Matt Carell is a kid from California who was very highly recruited coming out of high school. Uh, what about can Lane Kiffin? I don't know about this year, but can Lane Kiffin get it done at a place like Ole Miss? Let's start with you, uh, Mr. Lucci. I think long term, yes. When he gets some players, and we we've seen what he can do with players. You know, that's the thing. I mean, when when he goes into a situation that's a little chaotic, there's less talent. Tennessee, you know, it's not that pretty. But I think eventually, yeah, I, I think you know what he did in uh, you know in his previous job. You know, when he started getting players, they started winning. So I know that sounds, you know, kind of like a ridiculous statement to make, but not all guys can coach talent. You know, I think he's one of those guys that that seems to to be even better when he has a little bit of talent. He'll bring, and I don't know about immediately, you know, but I think if I if I was betting on futures in Mississippi, my bet would be on Lane Kiffin as a future, you know, versus Mike Leach. Well, I was there. I was there on National Signing Day. Uh, uh, back in uh, December, man, they were fired up. They, they, they were just fired up. And, and just think about the fact from the Egg Bowl on, when the Egg Bowl ended last Thanksgiving, both of the coaches were gone not long after that. Uh, what the, it, it's just, it's an incredible story we're going to follow all year. Uh, here's, a, here's another story, guys. It has to do with Will Muschamp. Uh, Will Muschamp, fifth year at South Carolina. There were a lot of people that want to get rid of him last year after an eight and four season. Uh, the athletic director uh, decided to uh, bring him back. Uh, he goes out and hires Mike Bobo, his former teammate at Georgia, former offensive coordinator at Georgia, former head coach at Colorado State, and just turned the offense over to him. Well, last week, surprise, Ryan Halinski who was the starter for the most most of the season last year, has been replaced by a kid by the name of Colin Hill, who came with Bobo from Colorado State. That is just simply a long explanation to say it is pretty obvious that this is the pivotal year for Will Muschamp. Would you agree, Mark Blouse? Well, without a question, and, and, and they're, they're – uh taster or they they want to they want to compete you know with with georgia they want to be they want to be one of the big boys so they're not going to accept like seven wins they want eight nine ten wins uh you know and and so he's going to have to perform i, I agree 100 percent. that's bad enough tony they get buried in their own conference they gotta get buried in their own state yeah that's the problem you know that's exactly so I, I would say that you know we've been talking about how coaches likely won't get fired because of the financial uh issues that a lot of schools are having that's one place I could see if, if they don't come through. This is a desperate time for him. I could see him getting fired. And he doesn't have, and he doesn't have to play Clemson this year. Yeah. So right. because of the not not conference, so that will be interesting. Well, that that game is in Columbus. They play Tennessee on Saturday. Tennessee, of course, finished uh, winning seven of the last eight. A lot of momentum coming into the season. That game is being played in Columbia. Uh, Tennessee is a three point favorite. And so keep your keep your eye on that one. That uh, that's a big one for both teams, but especially uh, especially for South Carolina. Trivia, one, please, Tony. I, I covered uh, Jarek Marantano's father at Rutgers. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he was a wide receiver. Pretty good one too. Well, good. you know what, Jarek Garantano, 
is a good quarterback, but he's not a good quarterback all the time. Sometimes, sometimes he's a good quarterback, and other times he just does things that just absolutely drive you up the wall. Uh, case in point, they're playing, they're playing Alabama, uh, a tight game last year, and they get down to the goal line, and they call the play, and Jarrett did not run the play as called. Instead, he tried to leap over the the end the end zone into the end zone with the ball extended away from him. Yep, the ball was knocked out and it was returned the length of the field mm-hmm. by Alabama. As you might imagine, the head football coach of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, was not particularly pleased with Jarrett's uh, decision-making process on that particular play. So th- th- that's that's fast. So you covered his dad. That's fast. Yeah, James. It was he was a good wide receiver too. I mean, uh, you know, a, you know, a very solid college football player. Okay. Well, all right. Well, a couple of Group of Five uh, games I want to throw out before we uh, put a wrap on this. Uh, Memphis is still not going to play this week, guys. Thought I'd mention that. As someday they will get back on the field. That someday is o- uh, October third. And the moral of the story, of course, is when you win your first game of the season and it's your first game overall, stay away from the party bus. So that's the that's the that is the uh, the thing to remember here. Georgia Southern is going to Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette, as others try to say. Uh, they Louisiana just barely escaped uh, Georgia State in Atlanta with a win. Uh, they scored late and. Uh, Here's a fascinating game. Army at Cincinnati. Mark Glasson, that that's got a chance to be an interesting game. It could be, and, and I go for 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 point of reference. The last year, Army had Oklahoma. Everyone thought that was going to be a blowout, and Oklahoma had what I think had to go to overtime to, to win the game. And at the end of the game, the Oklahoma fans gave Army a standing ovation. How about that? Uh, so so I, I I just think that it, it's it, no one wants to play Army because of the style of football they play. And when it's a good Army team, it becomes even more dangerous. So I would say that's a watch-out game for, for Cincinnati. I mean, I think they, they, they're, they're certainly more talented and should win, but but it's a watch-out game for Cincinnati, like, but without question. Tom Lucci, what's, what's the most interesting game on your board this weekend of games that you're watching out for? I, you know, they're actually, I'm going to shift to the Big 12 because I think that Oklahoma State-West Virginia game is a, is a key game for both of those teams. I mean, we want to see, I, I think the general acknowledgement is Oklahoma, Texas, one, two. Well, who's three? You know, who's three in that league? And can anybody else give Oklahoma or Texas, you know, a run for the conference title? Um, and we haven't seen much out of Iowa State, you know, out of that, off that one loss. So uh, to me, that's a key game for both both teams. And we'll see which one moves forward because one will and one's going to drop back. And one's going to move up into the, probably the, the top 15 and the other one's going to probably drop out of the top twenty-five entirely. Herb, what 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 game do you like this weekend that you're going to definitely keep an eye on? You know, I mean, outside of the SEC games that we talked about in Army, Cincinnati, very good. You know, Notre Dame goes to Wake Forest. I don't think it'll be necessarily a game, but Wake played. You know, they played a nice shootout with NC State last week. Uh, Notre Dame on the road, and Notre Dame is Notre Dame. You know, we have very high expectations for them. So, you know, I want to see whether they can go out and play. And also, they had seven guys sit 
with coronavirus, apparent coronavirus problems. They didn't make it official. But, yeah, I want to see what Notre Dame can do on the road against a team that looks like it's pretty potent offensively. Mark Blaschen, what uh, what game do you like this weekend? You're definitely going to watch. Well, I'm I'm going to. Hey, no, Florida State. Go ahead. <laughs> not gonna, no, that 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 that's going to be. I think that's going to be a scrimmage. I really that's going to be a scrimmage for Miami. I, I have no faith in Florida State <laughs> at all. So uh, I, I put them like a Citadel. Goodbye, Florida State. See you later. No coach. No no players. See you later. Um, <laughs> wow, what a what eighty on Miami. <laughs> okay, um, I I want to I want to I want to see I want to see what um, what the SEC does. I want to I want to see like the all the SEC games are intriguing. We just just want to see it's first first year out of the box. I want to I want to see like George like George who's the who's the quarterback at Georgia? Right. I don't know. I mean, who's... that that's that's exactly right. We're going to find out a lot about a lot about quarterbacks uh, during the course of the weekend. Here's a game to keep your eye on, Kentucky at Auburn. Auburn's favored by eight at home. I'm telling you, Auburn may win the game, but it's going to be closer than the experts think. Early tease for the pick six, boys. Early tease for the pick six. All right, that should do it. We've had all the fun we can stand. Gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun to be with you. Before we leave, I want to mention our sponsor, APBA, A-P-B-A, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. Thank our, our man, John Herson, for that. And David, of course, at Revelation Studios. We could not do it without David pushing all the right buttons. So, gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun. Take care and carry on.